Today's episode is brought to you by Earth Mama Organics and their line of postpartum mama and newborn care products. Head over to motherbirth.co slash earthmamapostpartum to create a personalized postpartum recovery plan just for you. Yeah, I guess for me, it's really hard to pinpoint because it was such a gradual process of not only falling in love with our baby, but just coming to terms with this as our new life. We believe that not just babies are born, mothers are born too. We're your hosts, Lara, a labor and delivery nurse and aspiring midwife, and Melissa, a mother and doula. Welcome to Mother Birth, a space for thought-provoking and inspirational conversations about birth and the deep exploration of what it means to become a mother. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited to... Our guest here today, it's me and Melissa recording with my friend Brina Bard. Um, She is a citizen of Portland and an artist, a graphic novelist, a comic, and a mom. Um, We're excited to have Brina here today (laughs) and to share her story of wearing those many hats and also uh, her journey of becoming a mom. You want to share a little bit more with us about kind of your day-to-day life and the story of your kids? Sure. Um, So I've been in Portland about eight years and met my husband here um, maybe about that long ago. And a couple years ago, we had our first son. And um, I would say, I'll, I'll get into that story. It was, I mean, like every story you hear, it was <laughs> unique and crazy. Um, but yeah, I guess um, for me, it was also a source of comic inspiration. Um, after we had the baby, um, we had a lot of difficulty with breastfeeding mm. and um, kind of went through the full range of all kinds of things that I never before knew existed. Um, the nipple shield and the tube feeding mm. and tongue tie and lactation consultants and all that stuff um, to the point where I finally, like, I started to think, oh, I should draw a comic about this. This is all really new and interesting, and maybe someone else would be interested um, to learn some of this. And yeah, I just kept thinking, oh, I'm going to, eventually I'm going to do a book about breastfeeding and my breastfeeding story. Mm. And to be honest, (laughs) the reason why I never actually made that book is I just imagined how many times I would have to draw my own boobs and Mm. my process, which is totally (laughs) like... (laughs) It's not, you know, I mean, any breastfeeding mother will say, like, it's natural and it's fine, but it's also, like, something I didn't want to do, you know. Right. And you're like, maybe if I'm on, like, a, on a unicorn or yeah. like a pegasus or something. <laughs> With lasers yeah. and, yeah, rainbows. Um, so, yeah. So I kind of just, but this this idea of a comic just stayed in the back of my head. And for me, part of it was um, all up until, you know, prior to becoming a mother, like, the biggest part of my life, my identity was being an artist. And Mm so um, it was, I guess it was almost like it was haunting me. Like it wouldn't let me, like I, I, I thought when I became a mother that I would just put all that aside for a while and just totally focus on being a mom. Like I thought you had to do that. Yeah. Um, And so the fact that this comic kept like, you know, knocking at the door was like interesting to me to like, 
kind of come to terms with that this is still this still wants to be a part of my life and I really miss it mm. um so yeah eventually um it became bigger than just the breastfeeding story um <clears throat> I think it was about six months my son was six months old when I first sat down to start writing something mm. about the whole experience and um yeah I didn't know how to start. I didn't know where to start. Like I, when I thought about doing this breastfeeding story, I thought, well, if I want to explain this part, I have to back up and say this part. And mm-hmm. and if I want to explain that, I have to back up further and on and on until it's like, well, let's just start at the beginning. So, um, so yeah, I started just a simple, like six panel, very basic comic um, about getting pregnant and the whole, you know, from there on until current day. So, yeah. yeah. And eventually... How long did it take you? Um, well, so I, I worked... I started it uh, when he was six months, and then I put... I Eventually it turned into a book called Hey Baby, um, a collection of... I think there's like... I don't remember. 80, 90 comics in it. And I think it's 90. Is it 90? Okay. Um and that came out on his one-year birthday. So okay. all in all, about six months. And I am proud that I put a book out in the first year of having a kid. I'm proud of yeah, you. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it took about six months. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. Very cool. Did you? F- yeah, and... I was going to say, you know, it was something you had decided to pursue uh, doing a Kickstarter mm-hmm. for the book. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you decide to go that route? Um, I think I had um, one book out previously and I was my husband, um, who is my boyfriend at the time, was really excited to do a Kickstarter for that one. And we never got to do the Kickstarter because I won a grant to put that one out. Mm. Um, and so... It just seemed like, well, this is our chance to do a Kickstarter. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a that was a really fun experience. Um, I mean, you know, it had its fun stuff and it's not so fun stuff, but um, just a really fun way to engage with people and kind of get the word out there that we were doing this. And um, yeah. So did you find writing it to be cathartic or therapeutic in just relationship to those experiences that you were drawing and and writing about oh definitely that's I mean I think that was part of why I was doing it Mm -hmm. was just to you know you keep hearing or I heard a lot that writing your birth story or telling your birth story would have that catharsis and I tried writing my birth story like really soon after having the baby because it was fresh and I wanted to remember it and it just like fell flat like I didn't I I didn't like my birth story and so it just felt like kind of perfunctory to just like write it out Mm -hmm. and get it get it um out of my head and Mm -hmm. and then yeah something in those first six months I think like it had room to kind of form its own you know the themes kind of made themselves clear and um yeah I mean I just had a different perspective on it six months out and my my husband had taken really good notes throughout our um, labor and delivery. So I had like, it didn't matter that it was six months later. Like I could actually get all the details down. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's helpful when someone else has both a memory of the experience and also can kind of fill in mm-hmm. some of the the gaps that, you know, the the birthing woman inevitably has. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Since it's a bit of a blur. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think something I love about Hey Baby is you spend time talking about the the total journey for you, really. Mm-hmm. And even your early um, prenatal appointments and what that was like experiencing that with your husband and also sharing that with family and friends. And I think that, you know, it's always unique to have a graphic image um, when it comes to our, we always call it like our area of the, mm-hmm. of the world is the birth world. Mm-hmm. And there's just not, not a lot of representation mm-hmm. of that medium. Mm-hmm. And That's a lot of true. the, a lot of the art that is done has a very, very strong um, perspective that is kind of similar. It's a lot of kind of like, I don't know how to say this without like hippie or granola. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of like water, like a lot of watercolor mm-hmm. and a lot of like <laughs> move, like movement and like all these words mm-hmm. that you would use to express kind of like a, a, one perspective, which is kind of identifying with like that goddess mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I loved about and have shared, Hey baby with people is people who maybe don't really identify with that image that artistic expression yeah. or that image mm-hmm. um and I love this about you know your work in general but I feel like anybody could pick this up and it's just you mm-hmm. there's something about it that's it's it's you and then so people can see into it because it's like oh this is like a girl and a boy who get pregnant and they have a baby mm-hmm. and anybody can identify with that and uh, that story you know even if it's not a girl and a boy even if it's you know a same-sex couple it's like that journey that you talk about is the kind of the intake of information the processing of information the decision making mm-hmm. and then you know I want you to share your birth a little bit more about your birth so people can kind of see those themes that would definitely be coming out also mm-hmm. um, in hey baby yeah so you want to talk a little bit about um, your journey your first journey in becoming a mom yeah um yeah so we found out we were pregnant, kind of like many people took a pregnancy test. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that it, it doesn't feel too hippie or granola because that really kind of was my, um, I'd say I pushed back against a lot of that during my pregnancy. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to like fall into the stereotypical, you know, goddess birth story. Um because that's not your personality. It's just not who I am. And, yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. and, you know, like there's, there was probably some, you know, flaw to that thinking because as a result, I, you know, I didn't educate myself maybe as much as I would have otherwise. Um, I wasn't like excited about being pregnant. I was excited, like theoretically about having kids and, mm. but the whole process of growing life in me and, you know, birthing it into the world and how that would change me. Like, I didn't think a lot about that stuff at the time, um, for better or worse. Like, that just wasn't part of part of our um, story. But, yeah, so, you know, we kind of, I just kind of thought, like, I trust the system. I trust, you know, Western medicine. I'm going to, you know, get the ultrasound, get the, you know, find out if we were having a boy or a girl, um, have a hospital birth. Like I didn't have, you know, I had an OB. I, I didn't have any, um, desires for a home birth or I did want, I did decide I wanted to try a natural birth, um, with no drugs. And, um, yeah. So, and all of that was, um, it was a mixed bag. Like we had, we did have our 20 week ultrasound and had, um, we had a big scare 
that mm-hmm. I talk about in the book um, fairly early on. And that, like, it ended up being fine, but there was just some findings on the ultrasound that they were concerned about. And, um, yeah, it just, that stayed with me. I mean, I'm sure that's still in me somewhere, the fear yeah. that came from that. Um, but that, yeah, I guess that's, that's, I would count that in the con column of modern medicine. Yeah. Like, I don't think I needed to know all the information that they gave us at the time, but, mm. um, and then, yeah, we basically, um, we had a birth plan and I know you guys just talked about that, but we had, um, uh, <clears throat> we had, like I said, we had an OB, we had, um, I didn't have a doula, like a certified doula, but I had, a, mm-hmm. I had a friend who, um, she's a, um, physical therapist with an interest in becoming a doula. And yeah. so she, you know, but like a lot of like women's health, um, body work and everything. So, yeah. um, she had kind of agreed to be our doula for this. And, um, yeah, so I felt like we were pretty prepared going into it. And then, um, the, my due date came and went and my pregnancy, I should say was besides the ultrasound scare, my pregnancy was pretty easy, Mm. um, compared to some of the other stories I've heard. So, um, yeah, we, my due date came and went and we had scheduled for two weeks overdue that I would be induced. And I think I was maybe four or five days overdue and I had, um, I woke up and I had leaked fluid. My water hadn't like all out broken, but um, they wanted me to come in and test it. And basically from that point on, I was in the hospital and um, it was just a slow, slow process, which yeah. I kind of feel like saying, well, if you want to know the story, go read the book. Cause I do like explain yeah. each of these, um, like every, absolutely, every absolutely. twist and turn, but, but, in short, like we, you know, they induced and um, it's also kind of funny because once I wrote it, it's not as vivid in my mind. Sure, like it's you out, kind of it's exercise out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm a, a little vague on some of the details, but basically um, it was a long, painful labor because I was attempting to do it without medication. It was back labor mm-hmm. um, and I just wasn't prepared for that kind of pain. And I had kind of gone in thinking like, oh, I can handle birth. Like I have, you know, I'm, I'm tough. A badass. Yeah, yeah, I'm tough. Like bring it on. And so the more that it went on and the harder and more painful it got and the longer it went and, and um, you know, my progression was fairly slow. Um, it, and, uh, and every time they checked, it was so disheartening to see like, yeah. oh, you know, hours later, you're another half centimeter dilated. Um so that just kind of starts to beat you down, you know, psychically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I'm trying to think. And I think you're underplaying one variable, which was that you were there for days. Yeah, you know? I the first night I wasn't I was just starting like light labor, whatever the technical term is yeah, early. and early labor. But so my husband fell asleep and I couldn't sleep because it was like, I'm about to have a baby. So I didn't get sleep that night. And then the next morning, uh, things really started to to pick up. So Sunday morning. Sunday morning. And um, pretty steady throughout the day. It just got more and more intense. And by Sunday 
night because I, I mark this all by the 12 hour shifts. Yeah. And and we were I think we knew beforehand that we weren't going to have Laura as our nurse, but there was always that chance that maybe we would get <laughs> Laura as one of our nurses. But yeah. Um, if you're there for days, the chances really, they, they really increase, go up. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that was funny because some nurses would be like, well, I'm not on again until Monday. So we'll see you after the baby. Mm. And then I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But um, Sunday night, I think Sunday night, they finally brought my doctor in to, long story short, my water hadn't broken yet. Um, so it had leaked, I guess, yeah. and then kind of closed back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my doctor came in and broke my water and then things got really intense because I was also on the Pitocin um and just I mean it was tough like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was I was throwing up I was crying I was just really miserable and finally um so at some point on Sunday night I decided I would have the epidural because I was gonna die in my mind um and then I had some sweet relief and I got to sleep for a while and then come Monday morning, I was uh, 10 centimeters dilated and fully effaced. And so they wanted to try pushing. Mm-hmm. And I pushed for three hours. And I don't remember that time very well. I, yeah. It feels like three minutes to me. Um, and then they brought in the hospitalist to kind of assess the situation, whether or not they, they thought it might be a good idea to use suction. And then she took a look and watched me pushing and decided that he, uh, our son was, his head was cocked and kind of stuck against the pelvis. And he was too, I mean, he was too far back and he wasn't moving. Mm. So basically there came the moment when, you know, they mentioned the C word and I... I was done. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we, we went in for the C-section and that happened so quickly. It was, it was probably 10, 15 minutes total in the operating room and we had a baby and it was so exhausting. Like, I don't feel like I had euphoria when I first saw my son or heard his cries. It was just like, I was so tired and drugged up by that point. I was, I was just beat. So, yeah. Yeah. And and then we had a newborn to take care of on right. top of all that. So, Well, I think it's, you know, we, we obviously hear this story so many times and I think it's like kind of one of the hardest things to experience is to like go through a really long, mm-hmm. difficult, you know, slow to progress labor and do all that hard work and, you know, and then have a C-section and have to recover from a C-section and from a long, arduous, like right. exhausting labor. And yet there's still a newborn, you know, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is the 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 prize at the end of the, you know, at the end of the race. But it's also like, you know, now we have to do this. And I'm like recovering from two extremely difficult things. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, I described it as finishing a marathon only to jump into a boxing ring. Right. And and then I don't I didn't talk about what sport analogy would be the kid but it is it's like a triple triple punch to yeah in a good way I mean the third one is a good thing having your child right but yeah it's definitely physically and mentally exhausting yeah and demanding for sure yeah 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 and I, I think also you know like you said it 
and you know this is many things and labor that can happen it's just not at all how you anticipated it going so there's also the piece that's like we're exhausted we basically live in the hospital now <laughs> and also we're we're new parents and then you have your family and your friends who've been so excited mm-hmm. and have this kind of total other energy that gets interjected to that like once you're recovered and in your room now everybody wants to like celebrate right and party and I think it's totally normal to like want to do that because it feels appropriate and then also be like can we just be alone and sleep mm-hmm. yeah yeah where's where's the recovery like to, time yeah yeah or the time to just sit and process your thoughts and your feelings about something that went very differently than you yeah. expected and mm-hmm. you kind of that first month of going home with the baby I just, we were in complete survival mode. It was just, you know, especially coupled with the breastfeeding, all of those issues we were having on top of it, which I do end up talking about in the book, um, not as extensively as I, as I talk about the birth and labor, but, um, or pregnancy, but yeah, it's just, you don't have the time or mental energy to, process it and so a lot of the things that it's you know stirred up in me just kind of had to sit there yeah for you know like I said I'm sure some I know that some of that is still like untouched in my mind and it's I think it's a a maybe maybe lifelong Mm -hmm. journey Mm -hmm. of really orienting yourself to those experiences and and many women don't have the opportunity or don't in some cases have an outlet like you like Mm -hmm. you have to kind of express that or to find words and in your case images to Mm -hmm. to put to that you know and so many of the women that we have on the show are very you know women that are very self-aware and have you know done work around processing their birth experiences whether they're traumatic or not Mm -hmm. but there are so many women that have not had that opportunity in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. and it's it's really really interesting to see just how much is in there for for women no matter what the story is right you know right well and that's where I think um one of the best compliments that I do get about um hey baby is from women who said I had you know or I had the similar experience or some piece of that experience mm-hmm. was very similar and I never did really deal with it and reading your book was you know therapeutic or yeah. just helped me kind of deal with some of that and I think that's true of um any birth story any whether whether it's written or like you guys on the podcast just for women to have access to those stories yeah um because if you don't have the time or space to or the outlet to process your own there is still something about hearing and hearing your story in other people's stories that can for sure yeah that can be really um yeah, therapeutic, I guess. Yeah, as a as a mom and, you know, someone who is in this space telling these stories and hearing these stories all the time, I, I say this all the time on the show, but I'm so amazed at how it doesn't really matter what story is being told. I'm like, yes, yes, I know, me too. And mm-hmm. and it could be like, you know, any everything from like a, a C-section story to a home birth to mm-hmm. like postpartum depression to whatever. I'm like... I there's just so much that's relatable in mm-hmm. these these really really common themes of the experience of motherhood and i think too that it's so important to normalize them because not everybody has a traumatic birth experience and certainly that's not you know the the main thing we want to highlight here on the show or anything like mm-hmm. that 
but I think that there can be this, this sense of like, you know, well, I have a baby and and the baby's healthy and the baby's here and we just need to like Mm -hmm. be happy. And, and so women just do put their experiences on, you know, they package them up and, and don't deal with them because, well, like you just need to be grateful for look at, you know, how great your life is now. Yeah. Happy mom, happy baby or healthy yeah. mom, healthy baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yep. Today's episode is brought to you by Earth Mama Organics. Have you ever heard of lying in? Lying in is the period of time for a postpartum mama to heal and bond with her newborn. It does not have to be a set amount of time, but its purpose is simply to rest, relax, recover, and let others do the heavy lifting. Earth Mama encourages a modern lying in, one that acknowledges both the realities and expectations of modern life and also the realities of a healing postpartum body and the expectations of a brand new baby. Earth Mama has created a free postpartum lying in plan designed to help guide expectant mamas through thinking about their own healing and to make the most of however much postpartum rest time they do have. Whether you have two days, a week, or a month, prepare to make the most of your postpartum lying in period and do the least that you can so you can do the most important thing once your baby arrives, heal and bond. Earth Mama also has a wide range of postpartum products from their their soothing and healing nipple cream to their organic milkmaid tea all the way to baby care products like their diaper rash ointment. These are some of my favorite products in the whole world. They are safe, effective, and so, so soothing. Head over to motherbirth.co slash postpartum to check out their free lying in plan as well as their awesome products for both mama and baby. I really appreciated kind of what you said about taking that time also because I feel like, you know, two things and what you were talking about, even just coming up with the idea for the book is that you said that it just wouldn't leave you that just like that creative Mm. energy to put this out and creative energy just wouldn't leave you. And, you know, you thought it was going to be a breastfeeding book full of pictures of boobs. (laughs) And then it turned into a personal story, like a personal first person story, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I think, you know, we obviously find a lot of value in that because I think it does what Melissa just talked about. It kind of evens the playing field. So sometimes when you talk about these experiences in a reflective kind of like, um, eh, not like scholastic, but almost like an objective, like, okay, I did this and then this happened and this happened, Mm. you lose the part where it's like, and then I just didn't know what to feel. Right. Like, you know, or the relatable parts. Yeah, like, or I just didn't identify with that, like, goddess birth image. Mm -hmm. So I found my way to relate to being a mom by picturing being a parent. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way. I think, you know, um, it's really difficult to know what it's like to be a parent. Nobody knows what it's like. Even if you do all the preparation in the world, you have no idea what the experience will be like. Like you said, it's kind of like survival mode and then also just the steepest learning curve of all time. Mm -hmm. And then you also are inevitably going to be trying to emulate either your friend who had a baby or your mom and her advice or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you have all of these like inputs, but the real power and the real strength is kind of doing like we're talking about where it's like, you can kind of take things from those people, but what it really does is make you kind of find your own voice. Mm-hmm. And I am kind of interested, like you said, you had a different kind of preparing to be pregnant. You thought you maybe were underprepared. Um, the first time and then you've done all of this great work Mm -hmm. and now you're pregnant and now you're pregnant again Mm -hmm. 
And um, I'm kind of wondering, like, what what's what space are you in with that? Yeah. Are you feeling like I know something different this time that I didn't know then or I don't know anything or. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like we have a different understanding, um, a humility about absolutely having no control over the experience. As much as you hear people say that it doesn't really sink in until your options are slowly falling away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's definitely like things that I will do differently this time. Um, I'm still, you know, I had the C-section for my first son. So I'm still in the place of figuring out if I want to try a view back or a cesarean, like I'm terrified of birth now. So (laughs) I I have a lot of, um, but I also don't want to have my belly cut open again if I don't have to. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I'll have to, um, come to a piece with, for one thing, making a decision. And then for another thing, maybe that decision, you know, doesn't hold in the moment. Um, but yeah, I think, um, we joked, my husband and I joked that our story was like a flow chart for people um, who are curious about pregnancy and childbirth, like every possible like um, mm. new direction you could take things yeah. that we kind of ticked all of those off. And so I do feel like the positive of that is that we do have a lot of um, experience and knowledge with different aspects of um, labor and delivery that we might not have. And, and I think we'll take that into this next one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's makes me think of those choose your own adventure books Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like at the end of the chapter, turn to page page 37 (laughs) or to page 92. And then it's like, Oh, you fell off a cliff and you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's use a better analogy than that. You fell off the cliff and skinned. Yeah. And you bounced back up and you're stronger for it. Yeah. 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 Um, I actually have been thinking about this and I um, have been working on doing some like personal birth mantras and I was trying to think of something and the image that kept coming into my head is, you know, when you walk through a creek, but it's mossy. Mm-hmm. So the rocks are all very, very slippery. Mm-hmm. And so every step you take is this, you know, uh, it's this decision of like, is this too slippery to mm-hmm. move forward? Like, am I going to fall? Mm-hmm. But also this rock is smooth and it doesn't hurt my foot. Right. And you have a split I feel like that's what early these choices. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that to me is what early postpartum is like, because you're like, I don't want to do this breastfeeding thing because it's horrible. Um, but I don't want to do this because I've, you know, I, maybe I don't want to supplement because of this logic. Mm -hmm. So now I have to make this decision. Like I'm either going to fall or I'm going to scrape my foot and, but I need to move forward Mm -hmm. because I have, I have to cross this Creek Mm -hmm. and not to, to draw it out too much. But I think that that is kind of, you know, what you're saying where you're just kind of like, I have a lot of information now and it might help me navigate that better Mm -hmm. because before it was just those decisions. Those are the only decisions I was making. Right. And they both felt wrong or foreign or not best Mm -hmm. um I'm really excited for you and I I want you to also just I think in hearing you tell your story it's like you are there is confidence to be had even in the outcome that you had Mm -hmm. and the the way you the way you can look back on it and see different decisions or I don't know I feel like you always get to have a new a new experience Mm -hmm. and 
that's what I want for people who maybe had not an ideal experience the first time Mm -hmm. is that you get to have a new experience this time. Yeah. And even, and I know it won't be the identical experience because Mm -hmm. life doesn't work that way. But like, even if, you know, I tried for a VBAC and had a long, hard labor and had another C-section, which is my ultimate, like, thing I want to avoid. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if that happened and, you know, then we have a new story and and it involves that and it was hard, but... Um, yeah, I think I, I do feel like the story that we had with our first child was the story we were meant to have. Like it was really, Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things that I could change or, you know, rethink, but second guess, but I do think like, I don't know, that's what we got. And, and here we are. And I've, you know, I've learned and grown in different ways from that than I would have if I had a different birth experience. So Yeah, one of our recent guests on the show just put it so beautifully. She said that women have the birth they're meant to have to Mm. become the mothers they're meant to be. And Mm -hmm. I think that struck a chord with both Laura and I because, you know, in our in our experiences and in just hearing the stories of mothers, it's like that even though not many people would maybe put it that eloquently or even have that much clarity about Mm -hmm. the experience, it's it's really, really true. Mm -hmm. Like there's something that birth teaches us Mm -hmm. and we're the student. Like we, we don't get to be the teacher. We don't get to decide what the lesson's going to be. We don't get to decide like what the test, what format the test is. Mm -hmm. We don't get to like, we don't get to study, (laughs) you know, it's, there's no trial run. (laughs) No, it's like, we are the student and birth is the teacher and that will just be how it will be. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something, there's something to be, to be learned from every birth experience mm-hmm. that is not just like, you know, I think it would be easy to think of a, a birth experience that might typically be considered negative or, you know, fall in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to think of that as, you know, what I learned from that was, you know, what not to do, or I learned, you know, how, how things can go badly and how I might prevent that next time or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that we can broaden our perspective to see even more and even deeper than that, to see like the, you know, the beauty and the growth, like you said, mm-hmm. that that experience brought to you beyond just like, you know, what may have been difficult or, or, you know, scary or any of those things about it, you know? Right. Yeah. I think a lot about the parallels between um, my birth experience and like the creative life yeah and you know a lot of before I ever had a baby I would describe a big project as you know like you're gestating that baby quote unquote for however long it takes and then and then once you're finished and you release it into the world you're giving birth to this dear baby of yours and and it's vulnerable and scary and um and then it's out there Mm -hmm. um and I and I I guess it makes me, yeah, it just makes me think a lot about the, that gestation period and the, and the labor period of, of birthing a creative, a work of, um, a creative work and how I'll have a new perspective on that now that I've actually labored and delivered a human Mm -hmm. and just the thing, yeah, the lessons that I've learned from, you know, just the, perseverance and you know yeah the 
the uh, what are the words I'm looking for? I'm a writer. <laughs> but just to be able to like, un, you know, dig in. I The book I'm working on currently, I've been working on for five years. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a long, long labor that won't end. But um, where's that Pitocin? Yeah, exactly. Get, <laughs> let's let's just squeeze this out a little bit faster. <laughs> but but it, and there and yeah, there are just like so many parallels with um, the physical birth experience that I think now will inform my creative life in a way that yeah. I am so like glad to have that now. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've mentioned this several times, um, and it came from a guest on the show, but talking about, you know, pregnancy and early motherhood as being such a creative time in yeah. your life. You were literally like creating a human and then it can spur a creative spirit in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you, cause you just to some of the things you had said about your early kind of, um, pregnancy journey, we used to ask guests this all the time. When do you really feel like you became a mother? Hmm. I don't feel like I became a mother while I was pregnant. I didn't have that feeling. And I honestly don't feel like I became a mother when our baby was born, just because I was in such a alternate headspace and Mm -hmm. so exhausted. Um, Yeah, I guess for me, it's really, it's hard to pinpoint because it was such a gradual, um, you know, process of not only falling in love with our baby, but just coming to terms with this as our new life and this as a big part of my identity. Yeah. Um, so to try and answer you, I mean, I would say in the early weeks of being at home, but there wasn't a, a like moment where I just was like, oh, I'm a mom now. Mm-hmm. Um, in, some, in some ways, like I think once I did start writing my story and started to connect um, – connect with pieces that I hadn't touched yet. Um, I, I had a more intellectual understanding of being yeah. a mom, mm-hmm. but it definitely didn't take me six months to feel like I was a mom. Like, I think as soon as you're, you know, feeding a person with milk you created, that that's... That's definitely a, a big catalyst for that right. understanding. Right, yeah. yeah. So... How's that for not answering your question? No, I actually think you answered it really well, which is uh, with all the, you know, vagaries of the language that we use around mother birth, too. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like the idea that mothers are born and that there isn't just this moment Mm -hmm. where just there's this switch Mm -hmm. that flips on and suddenly you're a mother and you have all the appropriate emotions and responses and instincts and all of those things. And I think that's a big part of why we do the show, because mm-hmm. that really is most people's answer. You mm-hmm. know, there aren't very many people that are like, I have felt like a mother since I was five years old. I mean, there are people. Sure. I mean, th- that's the thing. There's everything on the spectrum. But, right. you know, most people, their language, when they're, you know, when they really dig deep, they realize it's kind of like a process. There's not a specific moment. Mm-hmm. There's not this this switch. And so we'll probably just take what you said and just update the website with that okay great (laughs) (laughs) no and I I feel like though you know I think there's the temptation in this relationship so you know the mother-child relationship there's a temptation to have to have like a correct answer about Mm -hmm. the nature of that relationship Mm -hmm. when we don't feel that way about any other relationship in our life Mm -hmm. you know you know again we might we might suffer from the same 
you know, pitfalls of comparing or contrasting with our to our left or to our right or with old relationships. But there's no one who's going to say my marriage is exactly like this other person's marriage. Mm -hmm. And I felt I felt married at this exact moment. Mm -hmm. It's like there is a, you know, a lifetime of moments where you feel love or connection or intimacy or partnership. And I think that's why, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you cause I feel that in your journey mm -hmm. and I see that in your work, which is that it was a collection of all those experiences and more like there are still experiences you've yet to have that will really make you feel like a mom right. and that's anyone, you know, mm -hmm. for the rest of time. And I think that that is such a, a powerful thing that when you pair creativity with process, which I feel like that's, that, that's the theme of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening, <laughs> it's um, creative process and birth, but I think it is, I think it's a really beautiful analogy. I also just think it's also a really necessary reality to come to mm -hmm. because we, and we've shared, there's guests that have shared this. It's like, you think something will go right. Like maybe you get breastfeeding, just like nailed. You're like, we're at seven months. We are awesome at this there's no problems. And then it's just, you're blindsided by a wave of like, and now we're doing like food aggression mm -hmm. or now we're like doing hunger strikes or now we have decided to stop sleeping <laughs> or are you then talking you're about eight. me? Are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whatever that is. And you, you have to have those moments of integration of like, this is the other thing that makes me a mother. Not mm -hmm. just that, like, yeah, I feed my baby and my baby sleeps. It's like, nope. I'm also a mother just because like I woke up this morning and I chose to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Or, you know, something, something as that's not a small thing, but something that feels that small to like something that feels as big as like, I'm teaching you about like what it's like to be a responsible human in society. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, um, I think one thing that I am learning is just how much grace you have to have with yourself that mm -hmm. like, any given day, I might feel like I'm failing, but like, if you look at the big picture, like, I do think that as a mother, I'm giving my son everything he needs, most of all love. And, and that in honoring my creative self and making time for that, which really you have to make time for it. It doesn't just fall into your life most of the time. Um, I'm, I'm a better mom for him because I have... Um, I've just made time for all parts of me, yeah. Um, so that yeah. I can, when I'm with him, I'm fully with him, and yeah, I'm just, I'm happier, I'm healthier, and so he can be too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. I, I'm glad you, Laura, that you brought up the, um, the bit about just you know early motherhood being such a creative time, and and I was gonna say the same thing because mm -hmm. what I hear in your story is very much obviously you are a creative person you had creative ventures before you had kids but that this kind of sparked a new perspective or a new angle mm -hmm. for you in creativity and and I, I'm sure you'll go on to do other creative projects that aren't you know related to early motherhood or maybe mm -hmm. you won't who knows but you know this is kind of like this this time where you have, I, I feel like part of what it is, is that the energy just gets so, so focused because you know that your, your time and your resources and your creativity are, are absolutely encased in limitations. Mm -hmm. Like you only have so much time you have, you know, these very, very, especially in the early days, like mm -hmm. these demands of, on your time and your body and mm -hmm. all of those things. And, 
you know, even just having had a daughter a few months ago, again, I'm finding that the same, the same like creative energy and, and like expansive kind of really just the fuel almost Mm -hmm. that I had when my older son was first born that I'm experiencing that all over again. Mm -hmm. And it, and it faded over time after my son Mm. was born, like as as he got older and and life just kind of settled in and it was more, you know, things just kind of got a little Mm. bit back to normal. Um, that, that energy kind of like faded a bit and then it just like absolutely exploded again when When you had your second. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see like what, yeah, what that looks like for you after this baby's born, right. Regardless of what your postpartum period is like, you might have a very different postpartum experience Mm -hmm. and yet feel like this, this like energy to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I got to bottle that up. So yeah, when they're older, I can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so how, how has all of this like affected your relationship with your partner? Um, I have an incredible partner. Um, my husband, like I said, he was in my corner back when we were just dating, helping with my creative projects, helping me put my first book out. So as far as my like creative pursuits go, he's completely supportive. Um, he, you know, we make a way to get childcare so I can work on these projects. And, um, he was the driving force behind the Kickstarter and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, laid my book out. And, and so in that way, he's completely supportive. And I think, um, I think part of me was really uncertain about how we would parent together just because you hear so many stories about parenting is one of the number one sources of all fights in marriages. And, and not that we don't, have some of those and that, and that we don't have them ahead of us. But I think I was just anticipating like a lot more conflict for whatever yeah. reason. Um, and it was really amazing just to feel like through, cause he was there by my side through the whole um, birth process. And he saw, you know, he had his own experience um, with all of that and saw what I was going through. And we came we came through that just, I feel so united. And so like, we're going to do this together. Mm. And so the, the number of times that we've like contradicted each other in parenting or, um, have like butted heads about how to parent have been very few. Um, and we were, we've only been doing it for two years. So there's a lot of parenting (laughs) ahead of us, but like, just, no, you're mostly done. Yeah. (laughs) It gets real easy after two, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just, I was pleasantly surprised to put it mildly that we actually, um, harmonized and have been a united front doing this, which I, I needed, like, I don't have room for all the conflict drama. Right now. Yeah. yeah. How does he feel about the, your upcoming birth? Mm-hmm. Is he, is he pretty encouraging in terms of like what's possible? Does he have similar feelings about what happened before that you've described? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely, you know, ultimately it's my decision, which way I, I want to proceed with that. But, um, yeah, he wants me to have as little pain and as positive experience as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's protective and he has his opinions about things. But um, ultimately, I feel like he's he's kind of I 
well, I can't speak for him, but I feel like he would say the same thing where we know as much planning and, and um, as many desires as we put out there for what this experience will be like. It, it's kind of out of our hands and, yeah. and just that we'll take what we get and run with it. So, yeah. but both of us are, I mean, it's so different with the second because we don't have as much time to talk about things or for me even to just sit and think about things yeah um because we're busy raising a toddler so yeah so probably I should go home and have a conversation with him (laughs) (laughs) there's a takeaway yeah Well, I will say after I didn't know anything about the secret breastfeeding book. <laughs> and so after you sh- now you've shared it, the sequel, you know, everyone in the world, everyone in the world knows about it. Well, and I did so, end up drawing a few boobs in Hey Baby. So are there any Pegasus? That's, that is Pegasi? true. No, Pe- Pegasus. Stay tuned. Pe- yeah. Pegasi. Pegasi. <laughs> yep. Um, but mm-hmm. I am always interested in alternative breastfeeding images as well. Yeah. So because yeah. I feel like we it runs that same vein of like like some kind of ethereal breast or a clinical breast. Mm-hmm. There's no yes. like regular lady or doodle breast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the world needs more doodle breasts. Thank you for the doodle. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have a Kickstarter slogan for the book. <laughs> yeah, no, but I do. I, I mean, I, in general, I try to write the books and the stories that I wish that I could read or had read. Um, and not that there isn't a wealth of information about breastfeeding and instruction and everything, um, but I felt unprepared, maybe because it didn't feel accessible or it wasn't information that I like felt compelled to sit down with. Um, and that's something I would do differently this time. I definitely want to get more education on breastfeeding before we have our second. But but I do think like, oh, if there was a comic book about breastfeeding, I would for sure read that. Yeah. Like I would read that if I was a dude and never was going to breastfeed in my life. Like that There's just boobs sounds. In it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for doodle sure. Boobs. Yeah, doodle boobs. <laughs> doodle boobs. Yeah. Yeah. hashtag doodle boobs starts today <laughs> oh boy it definitely did start today. that might be the title of the new book actually yeah, yeah. we'll help yeah, yeah. co-written <laughs> yeah <laughs> conceived by mother birth yes yeah cool well, um re- go ahead all right Sorry, I was going to say, I feel like you've had a lot of really great insight for our listeners, but we give you a chance to, if there's anything that you would say, maybe it's to yourself or to um, women listening out there about your transition to motherhood, advice or forewarning, whatever. Um, I guess um, just a couple pieces of practical advice. Those are good. Um, whenever I get the chance to give it, I would say like consider if you're pregnant like just consider all the possible outcomes I felt like we I never thought I never I just discounted the potential of a cesarean and so I didn't learn anything about it and I didn't it was just not going to be me and so I felt really um you know what's the word side blind blindsided blinders on, yeah. blindsided yeah um when that happened and so something I would tell expecting moms is just like not that you have to hope for it or plan heavily but just learn a little bit about it mm-hmm. and learn about what that recovery is like and maybe make a couple 
preparations just in case. Um, and then as far as becoming a mother, I guess, um, yeah, I would just repeat like how important I think it is to find whether you're an artist or a writer or, you know, whatever your passion was prior to having children, like find a way to make some space for that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I don't think that it's I don't think it's like a sacrifice to your parenting. I think that it'll it'll make you a better parent um, just to have that continue in your life. Yeah. Whatever that was that was previously life giving. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cool. I think I think that's fantastic advice. And yes. I wanted to also give you an opportunity to share where people might find Hey Baby now mm -hmm. and how they could get a hold of a copy. Sure. Um, well, brinabard.com is one way. Um, it, it is on Amazon. Um, you can get it through me or other sellers or Powell's um, if you're in Portland or powells.com if you're outside of Portland. If you're in Portland, you can also check it out at the library. So cool. Yeah. Well, we'll share links to all of those different options okay. for both connecting with you and checking out the book and getting a copy of that. Um, which is going to be great. People are going to love it. It's cool. I, I haven't read the whole thing mm -hmm. by any means, but I've, I've looked at it and yeah. looked at, you know, your stuff and I think it's so great. Cool. Thank you. So, well, thank you, Brina, for being with us today. We're, yeah. it'll be really fun to share this, this story with people mm -hmm. and, and kind of, I just feel like there's, there's both like, there's levity and like richness here in terms of your story and your mm. experience. So I feel like you, you blend those two together really well. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Mother Birth today. If you want to be a bigger part of our community, you can follow us on Instagram at motherbirth.co or connect with us on Facebook, where we have all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate us in iTunes, which allows other people to find us and helps the show to grow. I think it goes without saying, but Mother Birth is a personal podcast created by Lara and Lisa. It's intended as general information. It doesn't constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with your primary care provider with respect to your medical care. If you're pregnant, planning on becoming pregnant, or in the postpartum period.